0: Hello and thank you for joining us for Journeys in Grace. Hello, my name is Pastor Eric Hubbard. And we thank you again for connecting with us as we go forward and, and study the Word of God. And today we're going to start a new lesson in, and called Learning from Abraham. And we're going to start in the book of Genesis, the 12th chapter. Abraham is known as the father of faith for the Christian nation. And we know that Abraham was uh, and could be called The the Genesis of the Christian, the Jewish, and the Arab nations, all of them consider, and all of all of these religions consider him as being the father of faith. And we as believers do consider him, and we could and know that he, as being the leader of the Hebrew and then now Jewish nation, that he is the man that God called out and spoke to. And this is where we're going to start in the book of Genesis, the twelfth chapter. And we're going to see. And learn from him. And we should look at the life of Abraham and all of our Old Testament uh, characters, our Old Testament um, our examples. Look at them through the lens of the New Testament or through the lens of grace. Because when we look back and the Bible says, and I'll have a scripture for it today in the book of Romans, uh, the fourth chapter. It says that the things that we see and the lessons that we learn from Abraham are for us today. This is Genesis. This is Romans the 15th chapter and the fourth verse. It says, For whatsoever things were written aforetime, meaning they were written in the past and were written for our learning. So in other words, we should see their example and we should see the things that they went through through the eyes of grace. For Abraham lived before the law. And we know that today the law is not for the believer. The law was written to show us that we need a savior. So when we uh, study the scriptures today and any other time, knowing that the law was perfect. I am not throwing stones at the law or some would say casting aspersions say the say the law was evil. The law was good. The law was perfect. But the law was written for us to show us that we could not live it. There was only one man that fulfilled and kept the law perfectly. And his name is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So uh, in reading this fourth verse, it says, For whatsoever things were written of four times were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the scripture might have hope. So in other words, we look back at those who were faithful, who did not have a Bible. They didn't have, uh, Abraham didn't have the uh, the five books of the Torah. He didn't have the words of the prophet. He he didn't have the New Testaments t- uh, to 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 hold on to. But what he had was a word from God. He had a word from God, and we're gonna. This is what I'll study. will begin with today is that when we have complete and total faith in God, and what we have to grow there. Abraham didn't start out. And we and, and can't have the character or the faith or the statue in God. But God saw that he would arrive there. But Abraham wasn't a finished product when he started out. And we're going to see this as he began to grow and he began to see how that God took him from faith to faith, step by step. And Abraham learned the ways of God. He learned to trust in God. He learned to, uh, to consult with him. And this is how we must be in the New Testament as New Testament believers and, and, and learn through the Spirit. When we study the word of God, which, I, which is our necessary food, when we study the word of God and, and, and apply it to our lives and say, Okay, Lord, what does this mean to me? How can I take and learn from this in the scriptures that, I, that you have placed before me and I believe that you would have me to read or to study? So when we go to this 12th chapter again, let's look at Abraham's life through the lens of grace and and recognize that he was not a perfect man. You will see that he didn't always do everything right. He had some missteps. He had some times when he went left and God wanted him to go right. And there were times when God was silent. He went for years because he was teaching Abraham as he does for us today. There are times when, you know, it seems as though God is not, He does speak. And He is speaking to us today. But there are times when He will uh be silent. He will He's there with us. He doesn't leave us. He doesn't forsake us. But there are times when we have got to learn through experience. We got to learn through our times of, of of uh and we should must learn from our trials and from our tribulations. I don't believe that God sends us uh sickness and pain to teach us lessons, but God will use those things. Because we live in a fallen world, a world that was contaminated by sin that came through Adam, but we see that God found a man, a man that would hear His voice and put all the chips on the table. He Abraham went all in, and let's read. Let's read that before I, as I get ahead of myself here. This is Genesis 12 chapter first verse. Now the Lord had said unto Abraham. Get thee out of thy country, from thy kindred, from thy father's house, unto a land that I would show thee. Now, that's a whole lot that's been said in the first verse. The very first thing, and and we know that God referenced him back in the 11th chapter. So we see, if you go back to the 11th chapter, Abraham's father, whose name was Terah, had also began a trip to go to the land of Canaan. But before he arrived in uh, Canaan, he died in Haran. So he didn't, he, didn't finish, he didn't finish the journey that he had started. But God found a man who would walk in obedience to him. And when he spoke, God saw that he would follow. For Abraham left a land where he was prosperous. When Abraham came out of the land of the Chaldees, he had uh, uh servants. He had uh oxen and lamb. He didn't he he hadn't reached the level of prosperity that God had for him, but, and which he would reach in a, in a later time in life. But one thing Abraham had was he had a heart to follow after God. And Abraham left a land where the people had many gods. They didn't serve the one God. They served many gods. And if you go back in history and you learn about the land that Abraham came from, which was in the Aran, Iraq, uh, in that area, Abraham came back. He came down uh, and and he traveled and he left his city. He left his family. He and his father did. Then there came a time when his father father settled in Haran. That's where he died. But God called him out of that, And Abraham left his family at a word from God. And there's much to be said about that. And I don't know if we have time to, to, uh, to chew on that, but I just want to say and bring it out again that Abraham took his wife. He took his servants. He also took his servant, uh, he's, he took his nephew, Lot. And he said, I'm going to follow God. And it says that he didn't go out by himself. And I said that on purpose. He took his wife. And see, the scripture says in the book of Genesis, the second chapter, when God be- talked about the the marriage covenant, He says in in Genesis two twenty four He says, therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh." So when God was speaking to Abraham, Sarah was in the Sarah was in you know, in, in it as well. She was included in this this covenant that covered Abraham also covered Sarah, but Sarah had to had to also say, "Okay." I'm leaving that I'm leaving all my family. I'm leaving all my friends. I'm leaving the, the, the common the things that I know and are common and are familiar to me. And I'm gonna follow this man who, who doesn't know where he's going, but he's does, but he does have faith, and I trust in him. See, there are times when God speaks to one of uh, of the of the couple, one of the one of the spouses, with the husband or wife, and says, This is a this is the way. This is the way that God is leading us. Let's pray about it. And Abraham told her, said, We've got to go. God has spoken to me. And we don't get all these details of the back and forth conversation that uh that Abraham and Sarah had. But it wasn't an immediate move. Abraham didn't, didn't all of a sudden just jump up and go. But he, I believed that God impressed upon him and showed him. This is this is first Derek that. That this is the path that I have for you, follow me. Follow me. I've got something better for you, because he saw what his father had told him. We're going to Canaan, but he died before he got there. Now Abraham picks it up and says, "I'm going. I'm going further. I'm going to obey. I'm going to finish this thing that God has instructed my. I see what my father has is uh, where he was headed." But God made his move with Abraham personal. And I believe all of us. It says that uh, his father was was headed that direction. But he stopped. Now Abraham gets his own personal word. He gets his own personal. He has his own personal relationship with God. And this is what God would have for the New Testament believer. We all must work out our salvation with fear and trembling. And I believe that's a New Testament scripture, but it, what is it, what uh, interpretation and what I, what I see in that is, God is saying with respect, and, with all, and there is an awesome presence of God. Everybody that we read about in the scripture, where there was a manifestation of God to them, they all fell to their feet, fell on their face at the awesomeness and the holiness of God. And they didn't ask some of the stupid questions that we have. That we would say, oh, if I, when I see God, I'm going to ask him, why did he let this happen? Why did he? No, no, you won't. You will be amazed and awestruck as all are in the presence of the almighty God. But again, going back to Abraham, he had a personal relationship with God. And when God spoke to him, he knew his voice. See, Satan could have spoken. And I believe if he would have known what was coming out of what was coming out of out of Abraham he would have thrown everything he would everything he could and he did in later times but we see a man that had a personal relationship with God and when he heard God's voice because he got familiar with it he it was it was it was a voice that he could recognize and he said I've got to go he said now the Lord said to Abraham Abraham distinguished God's voice. The second verse says, God told him, he said, not only I want you to leave your country, your father's house, and go to a land that I will show you, but he says, I will make of thee a great nation. I'm going to bless you, make your name great, and you are going to be a blessing. Third verse says, I will bless them that bless you, curse them that curse you, and in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. He says, Not only am I going to bless the Hebrew nation, the Jewish nation, I'm going to bless all families. But see, just like Abraham, all families must have faith in God. For the earth has been blessed by the birth and life and death of Jesus Christ and then his resurrection. The gift that God gave us is his son and his word. And his word and the word of God is the son of God. And John. St. John 1 and 1, it said, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was God. The Word was with God. The same was in the beginning with God. And that same Word was made flesh in the person of Jesus Christ. So the reason I'm going down that direction is that when you look back at, at, the, at Genesis through the lens of grace, we see that God is already setting things. He said, in, thee, in the third verse, he says, in you, all the families of the earth is going to be blessed. Because of your faith, because you distinguished my voice and you submitted and humbled yourself, you left your families, you left your house, you left your uh, 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 your formal former rather uh, position, whatever position Abraham might have had, because he had again he had wealth, but he said, you know what? I'm going to take what I can walk, I can carry. It. I'm going to whatever can move with me is going with me. Everything to stay, I'm not going to let was stationary because all of us have things in our lives that we have to leave. The way God speaks, we have relationships that are, that are, that are uh, stuck in a place. I'm not talking about your marriage. I'm talking about people who you are uh, connected with and they are stuck. See, people won't say much about you until you begin to be different from them. When everybody's at the same level. Everybody's doing the same thing. Everybody's going to the same places. You're eating at the same place. You're wearing the same uh, uh, clothes, same fashion of clothes. But when you change, then you bring attention to yourself. When you say, you know, God has something better. And then you be, not only begin to go after it, but you begin to, do, to, to uh, uh, distinguish yourself by saying, I'm following God. I'm, 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 I'm saved now. I'm a Christian now. I'm a believer now. Now you become marked because now everybody begins to look at you and say, You know what? They hold you at a different uh at a at a different standard because you say, I am a child of God. But see, what they don't know is it's not me. We go back to uh Galatians 2.20. Paul begins to say, I live by the faith of the Son of God. He said, It's God that's in me, it's Christ. In me the hope of glory. It's Jesus is in me that I reason. I can say I'm righteous and that I am holy. And see when we say this people say oh you think you better. No. I have the better one on the inside of me. I have Christ the hope of glory. Jesus lives in every believer who will trust in him. Who will invite him in. Christ in me the hope of glory. He's the one that makes the difference in me. He's the one. And the reason why we are blessed, he's the one that while we can say we trust in him and that the word of God is higher than the Supreme Court, it's higher than the culture, it's higher than even my own thoughts. When my thoughts are different from the word of God, then that that puts my my thoughts last. The Bible says in, in the book of Romans, let every man be a liar and God be true. So what if some don't believe? Shall that make the word of God of none effect? Because you don't believe, some say I don't believe in God. That's a white man's Bible. That's a Bible of 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 the the Bible is outdated. It can't be trusted. We're in a new time now. So what if some don't believe? Shall their words make the word of God of non effect? There have been many who have who have uh, 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 shunned and pushed the Bible back and tried to push the Bible back into a corner and to say it has no effect today it has no it has no uh uh uh, uh it has no power but jesus said the gates of hell, he said upon this rock upon the rock of faith upon jesus christ the the chief cornerstone upon this rock i'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it because the word of god is true all of this It's been established with this man, Abraham, because Abraham trusted God. And the Bible says in in Romans third, the third chapter, Abraham was declared righteous because he believed he was justified. Just as if he never made a mistake and he's going to you, we're going to study him this life. Just as if his whole past was wiped away when Abraham stepped out in faith. This is what happens to the New Testament believer. When we step out in faith and say, Jesus, I trust you. You are my Lord. You are my Savior. Corinthians 5.17 says, old things have passed away. Behold, all the things have become new. That old man is done away. The old man is is, is finished. Yes, I got the same body. Uh, I'm the same height. You're the same weight. Your weight's not going to change. Your hair is not going to change colors. But what we are, what, the, what the scripture says is that those things that we used to do, that man or that woman that, uh, that we used to do, that's passed away. 2 Corinthians five seventeen 17 said, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, old things have become new. Now, we know Christ was not uh, uh, preached in Abraham's day. However, Abraham found grace. Why? Because he trusted God. And God made covenant. We're going to see God's now establishing covenant with Abraham as he does in Genesis 12. He said, because you trusted me. This is the evidence of God saying that. He told me, get out of your country, leave your kindred, leave your father's house and to a land that I will. God said, you got to trust me. I'm going to show you something, but you got to do this first. Trust me first. See, we live in in a culture and in a time where people say, well, if you show me, I'll trust you. No, God said, if you trust me, I'll show you. That's called faith. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. See, these are the things that we hope for. We have a hope in Christ. We have a hope that this is not all. Apostle Paul said, if in this life I put all my trust, I'm paraphrasing, he said, I'm a man most miserable. If this is all it is, if this is everything that that, that life is in, is in, 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 uh, in my existence, my eternity, is only in what I see today, if there is no afterlife, if there is no heaven, if there is no Christ, he said, I'm a man most miserable. I've wasted my life If this is all there is. But beloved. There is more. There is more. If we will just simply trust him. Hear his voice. As Abraham did. Trust him. As father Abraham did. See we can learn from this man. Again. Who had no Bible to read. He had no concordance to seek out. He had no church to go to. But he had a personal relationship with God. And the Bible said in the third verse, I will bless you. I'm going to curse them. That curse. He said, Anybody that comes against you. Scripture says the curse calls less shall not come. So in other words, when somebody speaks against you and declares, oh, you're nothing. You'll never be nothing. And they try to put the evil eye and get the peas and throw it under your bed or Get a clip of your hair and and put a curse on it, or take it to the witch doctor and try to uh, 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 uh put a spell on you. the curse caused less in other words, I didn't cause this Jesus is my Jesus became a curse for me how because the Bible says curses is everyone that hangeth on the tree. Jesus became a curse on that cross just what same way he took on my sin. And became sin the same way he took on all of my sicknesses, is the same way he became a curse, though he was Christ the Son of God. He willingly took on the curse. And God says in that third verse, He says, and this is before grace now, God says, I will bless them that bless you. He said, I'm going to curse them that curse thee. And our day, the scripture says, the Lord said, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, in Romans 12. God doesn't desire to curse any. But you will not prosper coming against a child of God. You will not prosper seeking to uh, uh, manipulate, dominate, and control a child of God. One who will stand up and say, and as in, Romans, as in uh, the book of Isaiah, no weapons shall prosper against me. Every tongue that rises up against me, I am going to condemn. So when the curse comes, we stand against it. Said not so. That's not found in the Scripture. According to grace, God promised to bless me. He promised to prosper me. He promised in, in Deuteronomy eight eighteen. He says, "I'm going to give you power to get wealth, not to take from you, or to hurt you, or to put sickness or death or COVID or any other thing on you." God promised to bless us. And then the third verse, the rest of that verse it says, "In you shall all the families of the earth be blessed. So you say, Preacher, what, how, what do you mean by that? We go back to that same 15th chapter where it says, these things are, are full time written for our learning. If you go down to the ninth verse, Romans 15:9, it says, and the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy, as it is written. For this cause I will confess to thee among the Gentiles and sing unto thy name. He's talking about Christ. And again, he says, Rejoice, you Gentiles, with his people. God says, I'm bringing you in. I'm bringing you into the family, the family of Abraham. Now we are brethren. We are all a part of the household of faith because we believe. And he says, Praise the Lord, all you Gentiles. Laud him, lift him, worship him. All you people, everybody in the earth should praise the name of Jesus Christ. The 12th verse says, and he says, and Isaiah says, in other words, that's another way of saying Isaiah says, there shall be a root of Jesse. Jesus came from the lineage of David. There shall be a root of Jesse, and he that shall rise, and he shall rather, he shall rise to reign over the Gentiles. This is, uh, this is Romans 15, 12. And in him shall the Gentiles trust. In him shall the Gentiles trust. Why do we trust him? Because God is faithful. And this is what Abraham, uh, as we see his walk begin in the 12th chapter, or continuation of his walk, whether he began in Haran, and he began, as he began to walk out, God spoke to him. And he said, leave this country. Leave your kindred. Leave your father's house. And I'm going to show you something. Beloved, I believe God is saying the same thing to us today. God wants to show you. This is a time of miracles. We are living in the time of the greatest revival the earth has ever seen. Satan's never going to, he doesn't know everything God's going to do. He can look back and tell you what, what, what's happened in your life. But he doesn't have the lens of grace. Satan is a fool. I didn't say he was crazy. He's he's slick and he's sly. But he was a fool to rise up against God. As Isaiah 14 says, how that he was going to become like God. He wanted to be like God. He wanted the same praise and worship and adoration that the Father gets. But God, there is only one God. And he's not it. And neither is any of us. But God said, I'm going to show you something. And that fourth verse, it says, so Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken to him. Lot went with him. And Abraham was 75 years old when he departed out of Haran. I just want to thank you today for joining us for Journeys in Grace. As we are studying the life of Abraham. And as we conclude here in this fourth verse. We will see as we begin to study. And that fourth, fourth verse tells us that Abraham had some growing to do. Because that fourth verse says, Lot went with him. Lot was a part of his family, but not of he wasn't a, he wasn't a part of the covenant. Because the covenant had two people in it. Abraham and Sarah. Lot should have stayed. It would have been better if Lot stayed with his father, grandfather, or his grandfather's people, rather than coming with Lot. And we're going to study that in the next chapter, next uh, session as we go forward. And let, learning from Abraham and looking through this through the lens of grace. I pray this message has been something and been uh, a blessing to you and you learned something from it today. And I pray that you will study these scriptures that we will put these in the uh, uh, chat part of the, of the, uh, of the attachment in, <clears throat> in Archer. So again, thank you for joining us for journeys in grace. You can reach us at Pastor Eric 523. At gmail.com. That's Pastor Eric523 at gmail.com. Be blessed as we continue on in journeys and grace